This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hello and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop Podcast. I am your host, Shelby Shear, here with... Jason Shear. And we are here to discuss Arizona's resounding victory over Oregon tonight. The final score, even higher than Jason predicted, 91-76. to 76. Um, obviously, as Azulis Velas had an amazing night, 40 points for the, the books, nine rebounds. It was so close to being 10. That would have been cool. Then you have three block, no, one block and three rebounds. Did I get that right? Three rebounds. I don't know. Was it nine rebounds? What was it yeah, three? Nine. There was a three in there. Sorry, I just got breaking news from Greg Biggins. What is it? I finally got... Defensive lineman Tylen Gonzalez rated. And? Uh, he's a solid three-star. There we go. Okay. Number one player in New Mexico. Perfect. Big news. I so did there's it. a little crossover. Football bleeding into the I basketball podcast. We did it. Uh, anyway, great game tonight. Obviously, multiple players with double digits to end the game. Usually, we wait a little bit, but let's just get right to it. Obviously... Julius Bellis, amazing. How good is he, Jason? Yeah, he's uh, he's good. <laughs> he's good. <laughs> um, look, you know, this was one of the best performances I've seen in McHale. Um, it, it really, it, it's hard to put in words because, like, he made it seem so easy. And Dana Altman basically was like, yeah, we just didn't pay attention to the scouting report. He's really good going to his left. We let him go to his left. When we stopped him going to his left, he went to his right. They, he beat him in uh, transition. And and the thing was, what makes it more remarkable is he didn't score for the last seven minutes and 33 seconds. I know, he could have beat the record. And he didn't score for the first four minutes of the first half. So there were 11 minutes in this game that he played, which he didn't score a point. And he still finished with 40 points. The ending was weird. Like, it was almost like he was like, look, I don't want the record. I know, it was Like, strange. I'm not going to. And like, no, I'm just going to run the offense for you, Kerr. You just shoot these three. Yeah, and Kerr Creason was like, yeah, we didn't know. And Tommy Lloyd said, and I believe him, he said, look, I, the, SES, the, the SID has specific instructions. Don't tell me any of this. He's like, he, he basically said it's like a, a pitcher with the no hitter where you leave him alone. Don't tell me any of these records. I don't want to know it. Don't talk, and, and and so I believe when when Kirk Kreese, Zoo and Tommy was like, yeah, we had no idea. I believe it. What was cool is it was the the night where they honored Al Fleming, and the record was forty one, and so with his family in attendance, we saw that tonight. And a part of me in the back of my head was like, is Zoo not breaking the record on purpose? 
so Al's family doesn't see, Just you know. classy. And, I mean, look, in 7 minutes and 33 seconds, if he wanted, he could have became a ball hog and scored. Let's not be silly here. I mean, he went to the line nine times. He took 21 shots. He only missed five of them. He did look absolutely exhausted at the yeah, end of yeah. that game. It's the first um, time I've seen him like that. But, you know, for him, it, it, we've been saying all year, like the literal question in the preview is, what matchup should Arizona take advantage of? And it's every time it's been a Julius Tubelos versus whatever dude they're guarding, right? Like even the UCLA, it's like, Jaime Hawkins, he can't guard a Julius Tubelos. There isn't a guy maybe in the country that can guard a Julius Tubelos this year. And tonight... Game was on ESPN was what we Arizona people have been watching all season. It was a going out party. Zach Eady on Purdue is rightfully he's going to be player of the year. I get it. National love, whatever. Azulis Subelis tonight said, look, I'm here too, guys. I know you don't pay attention to the West, but I'm here too. And, and dropped 40 and 9 and had one freaking one turnover. Yeah, it's really <laughs> I mean, it, I mean it, it was just... One of those games where you look at it and you go, this dude is better than everyone else on the court, and there's nothing Oregon can do about it. They went to a 1-3-1. They went to a 2-3. They trapped. They full-court pressed. They played man. There was nothing that they could do to slow down a Julius Tubelis. And it was awesome. Very similar to me back in the heyday show. Mm, when you played soccer? What? What? Look. Um, so Pac-12 player of the year ended tonight, I assume. Yeah, so I was very, I, I had some, sar- I'm very sarcastic on Twitter. I love it when people don't know that you're sarcastic. Tonight. They, they try to fight you. I got annihilated tonight. Let's talk about that for a second, because Mike even texted me too. He's like, people didn't pick up on your sarcasm when I said that Kirk Creaser was punched in the face. And then in a follow-up. Oh, Jason's always sarcastic. In a follow-up, it was, I said that Kirk Creaser was viciously attacked. And right. people are like, Sheer, I think you're exaggerating. It wasn't vicious. It's like, guys, I, I know it wasn't Sheer vicious. Sheer always over-exaggerates, guys. Yeah, it's like, calm. I know. Yeah, it's fine. I've always told you that you need to do hashtag sarcasm. Yeah, but the the replies when I don't are a lot more fun. That's true. Sheer, you're disgusting. I will say, for people that don't know this, just to humanize Jason a little bit, because all of you like think he's a basketball god or whatever. Whenever I ask him, like, hey, what time is it? He over-exaggerates his answer every single time. So mm-hmm. if it's like, hey, what time is it? And like, oh, it's really 9 o'clock. He'll, he'll say like, oh, it's 9.20. I round up, though. Like, I, round up. I never, I just have to know what time it is at all times. Like every single answer. I round up. Most of the time, if it's a number answer, he completely overestimates. And it drives me insane. Obviously, he didn't get punched in the face. It was a vicious No, attack. and that was ridiculous. And you made a point, like, he got that same Well, that's what he call. said in the postgame, too. He's like, I got a tech for that against Washington State. And then what was the other dude on the on Oregon trying to get in his face? Like, oh, you were flopping. And then, yeah, it's like, look. And then people were like, oh, he, he waved by to Nafali Dante. After Oregon beat Arizona, Nafali Dante basically went to the media and called Kerr a piece of shit. Like, of course he's Kerr's going to say something. I did like when Kerr said, Let, let's be real. If I went for a 40-piece, I'd do some and some stupid things. Yeah, that was <laughs> it's funny. Like, but um, in terms of the Pac-12 Player of the Year, it really has been over for a while. But if you can't figure out, like, it's over, over. Like, it should be unanimous. You know, you look at the only other guy in the race, there's really, there's probably three of them, right? 
But let's look at Jaime Jaquez. He had 15 and 10 tonight against UW. Um, but, but wasn't efficient, you know. It, it wasn't great. You know, you take a look at what he's done as of late. 15 against USC. Uh, 12 against Arizona. Was 5 of 17. 9 against ASU. He has multi-single-digit games. He's not the guy. Um, you know, you look at Boogie Ellis, who played great again tonight. You know, maybe making a push for second place at 23 points at that big 31-point game against uh, UCLA. And he's, he's generally played well, but Arizona had 11 points, you know. Um, the other guy that's probably, if you want to go one more, who's not going to win it, um, is Brandon Carlson on Utah, who is awesome, but they're just not good enough. I mean, he's averaging 16-7. and seven. He had 17-7 and seven tonight. He's really good, but not good enough. But the numbers that... Julius Tubelis is doing. I mean, I, I believe off the top of my head, there's only been six guys to lead the league in points and rebounding. He's going to do it. Like he's, that's, he's I mean. Gonna break it. Right. 20 points, 10 rebounds a game, two assists, 56% shooting. And I know I've seen some arguments where um, it's, he's a system player. I, look. It doesn't if, matter. If, if. Azulis Tubelis is putting up 20 and 10 on 56% shooting, is scoring 40 points and having nine rebounds because he is a system player. Then you're all dumbass coaches better run the same system sooner than later. Oh, yeah, but Tommy's <laughs> not a very likable coach, remember? Because, um, yeah, those lists are garbage. But it's like, I, I don't like the system player argument when you're putting up numbers like that. You know, why, why is Zach Eady not a system player at Purdue? I mean that you know, it's it's a it's. Well, is this an implied xenophobia because he's not American? Is this the the way around it? I don't I don't know what it is. It's I mean, look, you look at Zach Eady, he's seventh in the nation in percentage uh, of possessions, and percentage of shots is thirty five percent in the entire nation. Uh, Zoo is uh, one twenty one thirty one in in possessions and 37 in shots. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. So what's the system? Like, Purdue system is feed Edie the ball and go from there. So I don't understand. It's a dumb argument. Right. So in terms of Pac-12 Player of the Year, yes, he's probably second in National Player of the Year. Trace Jackson Davis can shove it. Julius ate his lunch. But, um, yeah, like, put some respect on my guy's name, Shelby. Can you imagine, like, the co- comparable thing that I thought of right now when you're talking is, like, if you were a gymnast in the Simone Bile era and, like, you were really good, it didn't matter because you're literally like, competing in the same era as, like, one of the best. Of all time. If Azulis Tubelis was in the Big Ten and had a performance like he did tonight, there'd be wet pants all over the place. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be a, a, a big old, I don't want to say it, but you know what I say when people get excited. But <laughs> it would be so like. So how'd you edit yourself? Yeah, I'm a good boy. But, I mean, that's just the reality of it. And he's going to have to do it and keep doing it. And it's, it's like the analogy with women in the workplace. Women have to do it perfectly and work 10 times harder to get the same recognition. And somebody, I saw a comment somewhere on Twitter, it's almost like Arizona's going to have to get to the final four 
and have that national stage recognition for everyone to finally all be on the same page that he is the player national player of the year. And I, I think that's already decided by the time that would happen. But he has to like stay at this very high level every night. And I, it, what's crazy about Azulis is like you, you don't even see the wheels turning. Like it's just so natural. You know, I know the one thing like on a scouting report, he's not as maybe big as people want him to be and as athletic as he, but that's something that they can work on. The thing was like tonight, usually we say it's effortless or like, it's like, oh, it's 20 and 10. It was very quiet. Tonight was not quiet. This is one of the first games. This might've been the loudest Stand game out. of his realist career where it was like, I am scoring 40 and there's nothing you dudes could do for it about it. Maybe we should start to go fund me. He had family. His mom was there. Yeah, someone else on Twitter is like, so, you need to have your mom. Tommy every said too. Game. Tommy's like, maybe she's staying. So. Yeah, she lives here now. Yeah. Um, okay, well, uh, what went right for Arizona tonight? And what do you think was the difference in the game? Obviously, we've already spent a ton of time talking about Zoom. Yeah, I mean, look, Tommy said after this game, he's like, the, basically, he said the loss that bothered him the most was watched and stayed at McHale. And it should. Because he just, I mean, he it didn't feel like they were ready and all that. Oregon is like, look, Oregon was coming off a blowout loss against ASU. They were desperate. They were hungry. They were at home. Arizona would have to match that intensity and didn't. Tommy basically really didn't bother me a ton. Like, we lost. We And obviously they've rebounded from it. Um, you know, and I, and I said in the breakdown that Arizona was a better team, is a better team than Oregon. It is hard to win. I'm going to make a t-shirt. It's hard to win on the road. Yeah, and, and and Oregon gets the same. You know, it's hard to win at McHale. The difference today was, you know, obviously I, I could say Zoo, but, you know, I, I think the difference was Arizona got Nefali Dante on the bench. Um, you know, he only played 21 minutes. He had 13 points. He's a tough matchup for Umar, but he only had three rebounds. And you take a look. Let's go down the line. Arizona shot better, right? Three-pointers, they were 10 of 23. Oregon didn't go nuts, 9 of 26. Arizona made 86% of its free throws, 19 of 22. Arizona only turned the ball over 11 times, and Oregon pressed. Um, in those 11 times, Oregon only had 13 points off the turnovers. Oregon turned the ball over 12 times. Arizona had 19 points off the turnovers. Out-rebounded Oregon, had more second-chance points, had more points in the paint, had more steals, assisted on 23 of 31, what went right? Pretty much everything. There were some defensive lapses. If you want to get picky, Arizona's defense, I think, moved down a spot in Ken Palm. The overall team moved up. That's usually what happens when the I, you know, the Ken Palm prediction was nine points. Arizona won by 15. You're going to move up when that happens. But Oregon also didn't score for the last two minutes and 43 seconds. It only shot 41% from the game. Arizona was 15 of 25 in the second half. It missed 10 shots. Six of them were from behind the arc. Like, Arizona was carving up Oregon defensively. And when you take a look at Oregon on defense, you know, they're, they're not awful. Now, I mean, they're 76 in Ken Palm. Going into the game, they were, they were better than that. So it, it's a situation where what went right, everything kind of deal. Like, there's really just nothing at Oregon. There is one of those games I always say, was there any point that you thought Arizona would lose the game? And there wasn't. And I know people were like, oh, shit, it's 5 nothing." Oh, no, they, they, cut, <laughs> they Oregon cut the lead down to 10. And it's like, like there was no point where you said to yourself, Oregon is going to win this game. Arizona was clearly the better team from the 19-minute mark of the first half on. One thing I noticed on TV, and this maybe not for this game, but 
something that Pella, as he matures, needs to look out for is his argumentativeness with the refs. Like, you know, if he's playing in the in the NCAA tournament and he does that with a tournament ref, like that well, he's, could potentially well, he, be a Well, he said he knew the ref. He okay. said, someone asked him about the music. I know the ref. I know what I could get away with. Because, yeah, he was, you know, if you didn't know that on TV, it was like, right. whoa, you need to calm down, Pella. So, Julius Sabellis, by the way, is the fourth Pac-12 player in the last 30 years with 40 points on 75% shooting. Cal's Leon Poe, my guy, in 2006. Eddie House, ASU, 1999. And Khalid Reeves in 93. Four guys, 30 years. Pretty distinctive. Yes. It's pretty awesome. All right, um, what else did you want to shout out tonight? So I mentioned, you know, Umar Balo did not play well defensively against Zafali Dante in that first matchup, was considerably better, finished with 10 points, 11 rebounds. They were really hassling him down low, only turned the ball over twice. Um, I thought Pella Larson was aggressive, finished with five assists, um, you know, and played well. Courtney Ramey did. He was fine. Five rebounds, three assists, only turned the ball over once. Kirk Kreese, you know, in the first half, uh, wasn't really feeling it. Let's just say that. He was 0 for 5. He had four assists and no turnovers in the first half, which is nice. Second half, he went nuts. Uh, four for six from behind the arc, 12 points, three assists. Played really, really well in that second half. And I believe he's shooting 50% from beyond the arc in his last three games. And when Kirk Kreese is shooting threes, um, everything becomes much easier for Arizona and much more dangerous for the opposition. Um, you know, this was the big game of the week, barring some miracle. I'm, I'm okay. I'm not one of these people that are paranoid about it. Arizona should kick the shit out of Oregon State. Um, so it's going to be another sweep, and, and it's a big game. And, you know, Arizona has has bounced back very well, and UCLA is not playing very well right now. Uh, you know, you could make the case USC has been playing better, but at this point of the year, we are in February. We're a month away before the end of the regular season, every win is a big win, especially when you look around the country. Um, so, you know, it is a, uh, you know, it, it's a nice win. And also you go back and we talked about the revenge factor. I said Arizona lost to Washington State. They needed that win on the road. Arizona lost to Oregon. They needed that win to say, look, that was a fluke. That team's not better than us. And so the next one on the schedule on that is Utah, who actually lost Gabe Matson, uh, their best guard for a month. So he probably won't be playing in the Arizona game, which is pretty brutal for Utah. And you saw the impact of that tonight. They actually lost at home to Stanford. So Aww, darn. Wow. So sad. Wow. Shelby. So, so sad. Wow. All right. Well, it's always awesome when Arizona is winning and peaking when they should, and there's still room to grow early February. I'm excited. I'm excited that you're excited. Thanks, babe. It's also late. It is late. Or is it early? You see, Shelby, when I was growing up... We're good. Okay. Good night, everyone. Good night. I just got yelled at by Shelby for doing something very... Egregious. He cut me off before I could finish saying bear down. I will never, ever stop you from saying bear down. That's some weak ASU shit, Jason. Oh, my God, honey. I'm the queen of wildcat authority. Okay, bye. I see you, Ricky. (laughs) 